What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Travis Millard. Um, I've actually called him Travis Millard for a long-ass time, but I think if it was Millard, it would just be one L, but he spells it with two. Um, I've been following Travis's work for over a decade now. Um, I first saw his stuff in the back, the last page of Spin Magazine. Uh, he did this really funny comic with these really interesting, weird characters that uh, I gravitated to just right away. One of those things, like, you, when you hear a song that you just know you're going to love and you just... Uh, are attracted to it right away or whatever. He sat down with me via Skype from his studio in Los Angeles. Uh, we talked Skype glitches, Kansas City crafts, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, stripping, zines, spin magazine, eavesdropping, bar confessions, internet, comedy, Alzheimer's, LP, abstractions, zombies, eagle eggs, fecal face, and Melk Hidel. Make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com, and click on the blog. You can get all the information about each guest. You can also go over there and click on the donation link to PayPal if, uh, if you're interested in donating to the show. We're going to be doing a, a big giveaway next week, which this show will be released on Monday. So the, the, so the giveaway that we're doing should, uh, should be up right around the time at the time this episode is released my sponsors who are awesome which I'm, i want to give a shout out to right now um keepabreast.org keep-a-breast.org has donated a, a an awesome gift pack of of keep abreast shirts stickers bracelets a bunch of information some magazines and, and a, a really rad uh gift set in a in a really cool uh package also we have some stuff from my new sponsor who i'm happy to announce i think for the first time on the show uh brixton manufacturing brixton clothing out of oceanside california um, i've done some some illustration work for them uh my t-shirt dropped i think this season or last or the last line that came out um, and I got some more stuff in the future coming out with them. So make sure you go check them out at Brixton.com, B-R-I-X-T-O-N.com. Um, all the stuff is amazing, and you can order things online. Uh, make sure you go over there and let them know that the Live Free podcast sent you, and order one of my shirts, motherfuckers. Uh, also, DSD Clothing, uh, DSDShop.com. We'll also, uh, both Brixton and DSD will have stuff in this giveaway that I'm doing. Um, the the way it's going to go down, I'm going to have people do donations to the show. If you do a $5 donation or higher, you'll get a raffle ticket and we will uh, raffle off each of the prize packages from each of the companies. And it's said that Spy Optics is also going to be a sponsor of the show. We're waiting to see uh, what shows up in the mail by this weekend. And if that's the case, then we'll also have some Spy sunglasses to give away uh with this thing as well so anyone who's already donated to the show in the past will are will automatically be set up to be in the raffle of course if you've donated and want to donate again don't don't let this stop you but um if also we're going to try to set it up to where if you donate a, a higher amount you'll get a couple extra raffle tickets or something to that effect but all that information will be on the blog and um I'll do some internet blasts and all that stuff. So make sure you, you follow me on Twitter, MikeMaxwellArt.com. That's my website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. But I'm MikeMaxwellArt at Twitter. Um, this <laughs> this week I tried to get the Twitter followers up to 500. Uh, as of today, I have it's, it's noon on Friday today, and I have till midnight to get 500 followers, and I'm about 140 away, and... It doesn't look like that's going to happen. Especially today, uh, there was a big tragedy in, in Japan as well. Um, a hum one of their largest earthquakes, or the largest earthquake that Japan has ever had, uh, which triggered a tsunami and has the internet abuzz in, um, in natural disaster hysteria. Which has, has got me, I, I don't know, I'm probably going to talk about it later in my interview today, but... Um, uh, it's got me thinking in a lot of weird different ways, like what happens on the internet when these things happen and this uh, seemingly supposed uh, level of compassion that, that we all of a sudden 
take on for for all living beings and things and part of me just like the devil's advocate in me is 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 really distorted because i you know i really wish that we could show full compassion to all living things and all you know particularly all humans uh at all times you know just not when a, a disaster strikes or uh when people are really down and out or something you know like there's there should be a level of compassion always toward towards everyone but like for instance we could hear a news report of of 150 people dying in a car bomb explosion in downtown Iraq and barely bat an eye because we've heard about it for a long time but when this natural disaster type of thing happens it seems like uh, we we become scared and the fear builds a uh, builds that compassion for one another like ooh that could happen to me but if we if we're thinking about like downtown Iraq and a car bomb it seems a little less likely to happen even after the events of 9-11, it still seems like totally illogical. Yeah, that's just some thoughts on today, now that I've rambled a lot. Uh, it seems like that maybe those opinions have gotten me in a little trouble today, and it's it's not all that surprising. My mouth typically does get me in uh, some trouble when I express certain opinions that maybe not everybody wants to hear, uh, or that not very many people share. Sometimes I think about just being quiet for like a week, just not saying anything and just being silent. I but I I would probably implode or explode out of my my out of my lungs. Um so I don't know if that could happen or not, but maybe I should go do one of those uh those silent Buddhist retreats. It might be healthy for me. But anyway, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Travis Miller. Give Travis and Mel a call. Hey, dude. Yo, buddy. Yeah, is that working? It's it's trying to get there. All right, so now you're on there. All right. All right. Well, we'll just sort of do our best here, and maybe okay. it, maybe it'll catch up. Maybe it just is is slow rolling us, and it's like uh, halfway through. It'll 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 pick up to speed. Because when I talked to when I talked to Ryan Jacob Smith on Skype, his video glitched out like halfway through and we talked for a while and then all of a sudden it was it was back so maybe the internet will just catch up all right uh oh, yeah. damn it all right cool let's just jump right into this thing thanks thank you very much for taking the time to do the show i appreciate it oh well shit yeah and, it's uh, good to be here with you you're you're in your home studio right yep sitting at the desk sitting at home uh, since your since your video keeps freezing, it's going to be really easy to get my um screenshot of you. It's almost like it's pausing for me. <laughs> so if we we could try to find a benefit in this thing, it'll be that. It'll probably take a good photo for us. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just posing me for you. <laughs> Where did you grow up? I grew up in Kansas, in uh, Olathe, Kansas, and it's like a little suburb outside of Kansas City, about like fifteen minutes from Kansas City, Missouri. Yeah, it sounds like you. You just barely have a little bit of that twang left over, huh? Oh shit! Yeah, probably. I Mel gets after me when I talk to, I don't know, when I talk to Kansas friends or something. I guess it really comes out. Start really getting like, "Hey, buddy!" I don't know. You know what's really funny is last night we were rocking out while Crystal was working on the website, and uh -huh. we and the song um, "Kansas City" came on. You know, yeah. going to Kansas City. Oh yeah, Kansas City, here I come. Yeah. And yes. I told her, I was like, I don't know anybody from Kansas City. Who the fuck lives in Kansas City? And about two hours later, we we were able to connect and uh, set up this interview. That's really strange. Casey's a good place. I'll, props out to my brother out there. What up, Brett? Casey's <laughs> an awesome place, man. I, I Especially the Missouri side, I really think it's got a lot of spirit and history to it, you know? I've I've never been. I think I know some people out in the St. Louis area. Yes, good place as well. Right. Good folks out there. Um, when did when did art start getting into your life? Uh, your your mom was an artist, right, or is an artist? Yeah, my mom. Uh, when when I was young, I mean, she was. Uh, it's something I think she got into when I was when she was pregnant with me. She uh, never studied it or took it seriously. I think she just kind of got into it as something to kind of 
keep her busy and um really oh i was born in 75 and so there's a lot of paintings around uh 74 through 76 and just tons of paintings during in 75 and like around especially around the months that i was born it seemed like she was painting a ton and really didn't do it until she was pregnant with my brother in 1980 and um and so there's some more paintings from around 79 80 81 that she was doing around then and she would do kind of crafty things you know like um I don't know, making these, I don't know, kind of as gifts for, for friends, but never really took painting seriously, I think. Um, and, um, but, you know, when I was young, it was something that she would always encourage me and my brother to do. We just, I don't know, man, I just drew all the time. I just it was something that I was really into. And friends of mine, you know, of course, were into drawing, but they would think that I was good. And I remember being able to draw the Stave Puff Marshmallow Man better than anybody in my uh, class. And uh -huh. that got me some kind of notoriety and probably inflated my ego a bit, you know? Uh -huh. And uh, I think that's a big thing for a lot of people who follow um, a creative pathway is recognizing that, that level of admiration on some level, that, that sort of um, attention that we get. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, and it's, it's no, it's not a very different from like strippers or, comedians like <laughs> once we get that taste we kind of want it again like a drug addict yeah and, and whether yeah, it's something that definitely. comes from we didn't get the right attention at the young age or you know whatever the fuck our brains are doing i'm not going to try to pretend to know there's something in that reward in having other people be sort of amazed by making things yeah well, well stripping didn't work out for me at an early age i, I was something that uh uh, it was, I don't, I really, it's not, not something I want to talk about, but, um, but, but for me, like making zines is, uh, was, was definitely something that like, I think filled that and I didn't even realize it, but you know, I was doing a lot of drawing and making, you know, just weird little comics in my sketchbooks and stuff and not even really knowing that I was, you know, very good or, or, or what the hell I was doing. And I think a friend of mine suggested that. I do a zine and there was a the local record store in Lawrence, Kansas, Love Garden Sounds, um, had this great zine rack. And I went in there and, um, you know, I picked up a copy of Comet Bus and, you know, just some other kind of local scrap zines and, and just thought that, you know, maybe I'd give it a shot and it would be a way to kind of give my sketchbook doodling some life. So I just went into it and I made a couple or I made one and made, I don't know, maybe 20 copies of it or something and just kind of gave it to a couple of friends and they just really responded to it and thought it was way funnier than I, than it, than it was and that I <laughs> thought it was at all. And, but it made me, uh, yeah, it, I was like, oh shit, I, I got to try another one of these. And, and then people started to kind of like, you know, I, if I'd go out and have a beer at a bar, like people that I wasn't all that familiar with would be like, Hey man, you got one of those zines, you know, one of those little books you make and. I was like, I don't know. I was just kind of hooked, and I felt like I just wanted to kind of try to keep plugging more of those things, and yeah, you know. And and, and I found like, I found a if I'd make one and I'd see like a misspell or something in there, it would just mm -hmm. drive me crazy. And so I just, I almost was determined to make another one so that I wouldn't make the same mistakes I did last time, and would just find ways to get trickier with the way it was printed or laid out, or you know, with. That said, you know, I've, I mentioned that like there's a big thing with like getting attention or, or recognizing that the, that people are paying attention. There's also a, a, another side of creation that is is totally personal and rewarding beyond what other people think. And you could see it like you say your mom was painting around the time of of these births of you and your brother. And really, that to me that reminds me of like how if I didn't have this craft to to bide my time with that I would probably be pretty cranky and, and a pain to be around and, and wouldn't be very much fun. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm i I'm very cranky and often not much fun to be around, <laughs> but I, yeah, man, I think it's, uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I, I don't really know what else I'd be doing if I wasn't doing it. I've been fired from a lot of jobs for drawing on the job. And I think that's like a good sign in some ways. <laughs> But it's like, you know, yeah, any job I've had, I feel like I've stolen some some like moment to to just lean and draw on a, on a little notepad or something, you know, and 
Well, I guess uh, speaking of jobs, I think the first time that I became familiar with your work was when you were doing the last page of Spin Magazine. Oh, yeah. And at the time, I was working for Shepard in San Diego, and we would get every Spin issue would come in. We would get, like, because they were doing ads all the time, we got, like, every magazine into the shop every day. So, like, oh. that was one that really stood out. And I I recognized, I, I didn't recognize the work, but as soon as I saw the work, I recognized something in it that I related to, that I wanted to find more about it. That's awesome. Um, when did you when did you start doing that for the people that you want to talk about the, that spin page for people that don't because I, I don't think the magazine's around anymore maybe it is but I don't even know yeah. if magazines still exist yeah, well I, it, I I think you know spin is still still a magazine out there but uh, I pick you know I picked it up uh, I think I picked it up in, a, in an airport recently and I always kind of flip to the last page and see what they got going on but I think they stopped doing that last page thing years ago but it was a thing that they would do um, they would just give the last page to an artist or a, a creative to, to do what they will with it. And sometimes, you know, there'd be somebody would do like two in a row with it, or they would, well, actually, God, I can't remember the name of the dude who was doing that shit. Damn it. It was a really long, it was, man, it was about 10 years ago. But there was a guy who did the last page for a long time. And then they started kind of uh, uh, breaking it up with other other folks. And I didn't set out to do that. I, I actually was making zines and I was sending them around to different, uh, I don't know, I'd send them to record labels that I liked or like uh, if there was a magazine that I thought was kind of cool that, you know, I kind of related to the artwork in that, I would float them a zine. So uh, I, I, there was a magazine in, um, out of San Francisco called Bunny Hop and I sent them, I sent them a little something and Noel Tolentino, who was the publisher of that, called me and asked if I wanted to do a comic for their 10th issue. So I totally lied and said that I knew what I was doing, that I could pull it off, you know, and um, and was able to do it somehow. And I sent it to him, and it was this thing called, uh, it was called My Life is Built on Lies, and it was just like a kind of a confessional-style comic where there's, these, there's little vignettes of uh, characters all confessing to, like, really sort of boring, boring lie, lies they lead. And... Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Spin saw that, and I was living in Kansas at the time, and uh, I got an email from Saya Michael, who was the editor there, and she asked if I wanted to do their last page, and uh, I was real excited to do it, and they, they wanted something kind of, I think they, they just liked that, um, they liked that confessional style kind of vignette thing, mm -hmm. and so I was spending a lot of time drinking at bars at that time. And I just thought, uh, and I, and I, I like eavesdropping on, uh, at, at bars. I, I think <laughs> it's kind of like just interesting shit you hear. Yeah. And, uh, and people talk really loud too. So it's, it's kind of fun to tune in to different conversations. That's and a so total like, that's artist like, thing too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would just sit and hunch over and brood and drink and eavesdrop. Yeah. yeah. What an asshole. <laughs> but uh, so I thought, well, uh, so I, I guess I kind of uh, took that idea and, and modified the, the, the other comic to be uh, scenes from a dark bar. Uh -huh. And I, it would be like nine or nine panels, I think. And I would just um, I would just kind of, you know, sometimes I would write down something that I overheard or uh, or just come up with something totally ridiculous that seemed like it went with the character. And I did a few of those. And it was never like, it was just a thing that kind of uh, came month to month. You know, I would do one and just think that was it. And then they'd call me back and ask to do another one and come up with another one. And then, uh, you know, I was also trying to write a longer form story kind of comic thing. And uh, I came up with this thing called Truth Lion. And it's about this kind of really bad bar and grill band. It's like, you know, on the circuit and available for uh, birthdays, parties, and bar mitzvahs. And right. But, you know, and superstardom or something like that. Yeah, you know? at any moment. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But that ran for a while. And it, it, I eventually ended up doing like a year with them. Did and you end up bumping the guy who was doing them before? I, I think he would be, he'd been bumped for for a few months. And they were kind of doing uh, each issue. They would give it to somebody else. Like uh, okay. MC Paul Barman, I think, did a couple. Uh, yeah, I remember there would be random stuff occasionally. And I would kind of be pissed. Because I would look forward to what like new adventures were happening each mm -hmm. each mag, and I would be like, ah, oh, shit, there's something random was in there. 
Yeah, um, there, I, 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 I like. I remember Paul's did, did a couple really cool things, and then there would be some that were just kind of spotty, and I wouldn't understand. I mean, from somebody else, I wouldn't understand what was going on. But and it was such a weird time because <clears throat> I mean, the internet had started, but it was still like only rich people or companies or like uh, a bands had websites. You know, there wasn't a lot of or like bigger name artists. Yeah. Like a lot of people weren't quite web savvy yet, and now yeah. it's crazy because everybody has their own website. Yeah, free. I didn't uh, I, like. I didn't send an email until I was out of out of college. I mean, I just didn't know what it was. I think I was yeah. really kind of slow to jump on the the on the on the on the web and yeah. We, really... we talked earlier about the twitters and the facebooks and all that. Yeah, I'm still a little slow with that, but I try to. Um, I don't know. I have a Twitter account, but I just haven't blurted it blurted anything out quite yet. And we'll, uh, we'll give it day. a shout out at the end of the show. Um, Woo. Right. And that was such a weird time why I bring that up, like to go find artwork and things like that. Like it was looking at the back page of spin to to see what was going on somewhere. Like we really oh. had to and with zines, like zine trades and getting zines out there, like that was the, the, the Twitter and Facebook of, of our young twenties or how old are you? Yeah, I'm thirty five. Yeah, so you know, young twenties. Yeah, definitely. I uh I it's amazing how just being in Kansas uh, in growing up out there and just be, and being into skateboarding and, and punk music and rap music and like stuff that it, I felt like when it came across, when I came across something new like that, you know, it was just like this, you know, I mean, it was an amazing thing. It was, uh-huh. uh, it, it felt like I discovered some treasure that, uh, you know, or, 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 you know, got some little key, you know, nobody else really knew about, you know, in, in my, in my group of, the kid, the kids that I went to school with, the kids in my neighborhood were just. It was just tough to find what was going on, and uh, looking at uh, you know issues of Thrasher or uh, you know Juxtapose magazine or or uh, you know different things that were out there like that at that time. It's amazing how uh, how easy it is these days to just you know jump on, and, and there's such a such a world out there. Uh, I, I actually was listening to the podcast that you did with John Tripp, um, uh-huh. and he was talking about how overwhelming it is um all the information and you know just everything that's going on out there creatively that's uh that's exciting and and really overwhelming at the same time and yeah. uh and i think i have to find w- ways to to step away from it and sort of turn it off and you know just shut my computer and not kind of naturally just drift and and surf around on on on, on shit that i just I don't know what I'm doing looking at some website, but I'm just like, man, what am I doing? I got to stop. I got to shut my fucking screen and just draw for a little bit here and, you know, just find some headspace to not fart around. Yeah. I try to rationalize it by realizing that everything that we do as a human being goes into what we do as our jobs, as artists, because, you know, we're constantly getting inspiration from all and, you know, I'm, I, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, like the research part of my life is almost just as important as the, the work that gets made. Like, I feel like it's, it's, a, it's an equal part. Obviously, there's, there's different steps that maybe are more personally rewarding. Mm-hmm. But I think even just like checking my email to me is like part of my work day. You know? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge part of it. I think as, essentially as artists, you know, we're kind of running our own little small businesses, you know? And so there's a lot of freedom with that, but there's, um, it's, it's really demanding too, because you kind of have to, um, I mean, I don't have an agent or anything. And so I just, I act as, uh, my only employee, you know, I, and, and that kind of, that can just get, you know, I mean, just, uh, making art, you, you gotta have time to, I don't know, sit around and think about what you're doing and, and spend a lot of time just doing it. And, and not, uh, you know, constantly being in touch with, with everything that floats in, but it's also important to, to keep in touch with that. And so I think it's good to, um, I don't know, to, to maybe even treat it like it's, uh, you know, you, you have these moments where you allow yourself an hour to like turn the email on, um, respond to what you need to respond to, and then, and then shut it off and, and uh, try to get some work done or move to whatever else you're doing and then you know, at least kind of maybe segment it in blocks a little more because sometimes it just gets, I don't know, just gets confusing if you try to field everything at once and 
multitask. But. Yeah, I think another thing as artists, it's like we we become sort of it's either a personality type or it just comes along with the work, but we become sort of obsessive. Yeah, I found, I, and I don't know if it if it's just creative types or uh, maybe I'm just projecting my opinions onto everybody else, but it seems like you know for me I don't ever stop working yeah. besides to eat and go to the bathroom. Yeah, no, and then uh, and, and even in those times I I still find a way to do some work. Yeah, no, I'm just that. kidding. No, uh, no, but uh, really drawing on uh, toilet paper. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I I think uh, yeah, there really is. Um, no downtime. I mean, you kind of have to work to, uh, I mean, I don't really, Mel and I don't take weekends off or, you know, or have weekends. I mean, actually on the weekends, we like to just stay in. And I feel like that's kind of the best time to get stuff done because I kind of feel like everybody else is scurrying around the city and, you know, you hear sirens and shit out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, thank God I'm not out there on the city, like, you know, on the weekend. But I don't know, Monday, Tuesday is a fun night to go, you know, go out but it's also a fun night to stay in so yeah and and also you know with all that like being your own worst boss and like your only employee you also get to uh dictate when your free time is uh or how your free time is used and and you get to choose when that free time is uh for the most part you get to choose when that free time exists yeah i know i think it's important to make free time you know because it's easy to just get kind of caught up in stuff and and burn yourself out if you don't allow yourself time to go take a walk or, or, uh, you know, I don't know. It's not, I mean, we live in LA and we never go to the beach, but I'm gonna, I keep threatening one day I may see the sand. I don't know. Yeah, I just started doing bike rides, uh, with my homeboy. He, uh, he has a couple bikes. Nice. It's, it's been so great. Like just getting out and obviously, obviously San Diego is beautiful and just getting out and doing like a 10 mile ride once a week, getting out and yeah. seeing the city and getting my hands and, and feed on the on the soils and the dirts and you know put some yeah. stickers up and draw on some things and yeah it's important to do man yeah it's 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 awesome we um we I, man i used to go out and ride my bike a lot more and uh and i kind of go and wave i'll just get into it and be like riding a lot and then um and then put it down and maybe just not touch it for a while but we live in the hills and it's really fun starting off you know but then um and then i'll ride around <laughs> for a while and then i'll be like god a two mile hill just all you know steep ass uphill yeah that ain't no good i i live at the top of a three mile hill that i i go somewhere to go ride bikes i'm not trying to ride bikes right out the door yeah yeah but i i kind of have i'm lucky where i'm at i sort of have a mountainous neighborhood and a and a city right outside you know three miles down the hill that's good man did you grow up in san diego yeah, born and raised in. God you know, damn. I spent like my childhood hanging out in this particular neighborhood that I live in now. So. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, I just I got lucky to find a little house that was cool for me and my girl. That's um, awesome, man. Yeah. So your your family's all around there, then. Yeah, I half yeah. of my family's from the East Coast, from Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area. And, oh yeah. Uh, then half of them live here, and more and more of the. The cousins and people are moving from Pittsburgh to to San Diego, so it's pretty. Uh-huh. But I was the first one uh, born and raised here. You, uh, I wanted to talk about sort of the sense of humor that shows up in your work. To me, from a, from an outsider's perspective, just looking in, part of it seems like there's like a lot of personal stories and like like social commentary that takes place, like sort of hidden under this guise of like a dry sense of humor. That mm-hmm. I think becomes a little bit more digestible for people at first view, and then it gives them an opportunity to look into it. And I think from from someone from my point of view, like I do a lot of sort of social commentary that's like dark and kind of evil and like stuff that isn't very pleasing to anybody. But I don't know how to hide it in comedy. It's just it's just like here's this thing in your face, like a punch in the nose. Um, yeah, I, I like that about this stuff, though. You know, I mean, I think that's something that uh, I, I think that, that that it's something that if it naturally comes from you, I, I sort of can't get away from humor sometimes, you know, I mean, in that in that way, I, I sometimes I think, well, I don't know, maybe I get frustrated with with it sometimes because I feel like humor is a crutch sometimes where I'm just, where I admire somebody that can come out and, and, and just, you know, just kind of ferociously put it down and uh, no holds barred, you know, and I think that there's 
certainly room for that. And that's, it's like something that I admire, but I also like, I just can't help it, man. I mean, I, it, the, the humor just sort of creeps in no matter what. And I just find it um, exceedingly hilarious. I think there's a, there's a level of intelligence to it because it's kind of like that. Even like, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, make a metaphor with the Bible and your artwork somehow here. Um, I, I think it's like, it's that thing where, you know, like particular books and, you know, like certain texts were hidden from uh, the general masses. They were supposed to only be uh, certain stories were only supposed to be told to, to the smart and, and mindful of, of a particular group. And what, what would happen is like certain stories would be hidden in allegory. You know, mm-hmm. and I kind of get that sense from your work. It's oh, like for like maybe the people who are just interested in aesthetics, which I'm often one of those people that mm-hmm. they could just see something funny and, and well drawn and, you know, aesthetically pleasing to them without having to like dig deep and find a message in it. But where mm-hmm. some, maybe some people who are more mindful that are looking past just the first layer can see maybe some of those social commentaries or relate to some sort of um, personal human emotion that maybe you're portraying in these things that are back behind the comedy? Well, I I like to, um, I just love, I love to draw first and foremost. I feel like it's um, just something that like, I, I want to just dig into and, uh, and draw because it's something that I'm interested in and just the act of drawing and, and getting it to working it up to this point where I feel like it's something that I, that I want to see or, you know, that, that it, it's pulling something out of me as I'm, you know, as I'm doing it. And yeah. so on that level, I want it to work aesthetically and the concept, I, I feel like, you know, I feel like the concept, I want it to work for somebody that, you know, can appreciate it on, on, on a uh, multiple levels if they want, you know, um, like it's there if you want to dig in and it's, I mean, there is a lot that I want to talk about, but sometimes, and, and it is, it is very personal. And sometimes I feel like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like some, there are some things that I've kind of been tapping into that I don't necessarily just want to come out and spill the beans and be like, this is what this is about, you know? And it yeah. is, it is really personal, but <clears throat> like, um, my mom has Alzheimer's. She got Alzheimer's at an early age. And, uh, that's something that's pretty devastating and it's the weirdest disease and, you know, the most tragic thing you can <laughs> you can never see anybody go through, but there's something like really funny about it, unfortunately too. Like my mom um, is, you know, she's, um, she's had it for about eight years, I guess. And so at this point she's, um, you know, she's, she's, you know, still remembers us and everything, but she is very much like a child in, in some ways, you know? So when I get together with her, I uh, like, she still, I, I sit down and I'll draw with her at the table. And she doesn't really get going on it herself, but will um, with a little coaching, she, you know, she'll she'll get into it for hours, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's a real trip, man, and and I feel like that's something that I've been kind of drawing on, not even consciously, but there are definitely things in there that uh, are kind of work me working through through this this stuff. Yeah, and I think but, that's noticeable because like there there'll be certain figures that you could just tell that they're going through a particular emotion that maybe all of a sudden it clicks you into your own memory of hey, remember when I was going through this thing and sort of uh it, it gives you that sense of like hey, we all we all have struggles that we go through, you know. Yeah, totally. And I think that uh you know, there is I mean, I I don't want to come out and and maybe blatantly say that through these drawings, you know, that, Hey, my mom's got Alzheimer's and this is a, you know, this is an issue that I'm personally going through, but there, but, you know, I think that there is, there's material in there that, um, you know, just has to deal with uh, sort of psychological chaos that a lot of people can relate to and, uh, and, and sort of apply that to whatever they're going through and hopefully find some humor or find some, um, just maybe some understanding or, 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 or something in, you know, through that drawing or through that comic or something. And yeah. um, it could be a coping mechanism for, to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But there's just so many things you can do with it. It's not a, uh, it's not something that's not, I don't know. Some, some days I'll kind of wake up and um, maybe not set out to, uh, to, to do some powerful drawing, but it may just click, in, you know, at some moment or I'll hear something in the news or, 
you know, just hear something that somebody says and it'll be like, ding, you know, and then, uh, well, it's so, like, the, it's like the thing that I say on the podcast all the time that, that artwork is, is a meditation. And once you, once you clear your mind and shut down all the external senses and, and just get into the, the pen stroke or the brush stroke that yeah. opens up our mind, our, our sort of our subconscious has a moment to, to sort of turn the lights on and, and push some things to the forefront that maybe you weren't thinking about until you were already in the process of drawing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I totally agree. I feel like there's a, I feel like that, you know, a lot of times I'll sit down to draw and it's just like, I just don't feel like I can draw or I can't find the, uh, I just can't find the piece or something uh -huh. that, you know, where, that, uh, when you find, when you're really, find that that moment of meditation and i feel like it kind of or sometimes you know i'll wake up and just be like i i am ready to tear it up you know i just know <laughs> that i can do it if i just sit down I, I know i can do it and and in those moments i feel like it's important to kind of capture that energy and and uh and not let yourself drift to the internet or whatever but just try to like harness that moment while you while you feel it because i know that i it's not like an all the time thing for me you know I mean, I can draw, but, um, yeah, like if I, but to get to that moment where, you know, you clear everything and, and you, you kind of like get through some, some bad drawings or get over like the, uh, the initial sort of shakiness. And then you find yourself like, oh, like you don't even realize it, but maybe you're listening to some album, uh, and, and you just find this moment where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not just doodling. I'm actually really drawing something's kind of flowing for me right now yeah you're all of a sudden in the zone right yeah so i, I want to also mention that in that too that, that that sense of humor isn't just masking things too there is a, a genuine funniness to certain things that it's, it's okay <laughs> to to make fun and, and have fun about just being fun not just to like sort of make do where things aren't as funny or or you know. yeah definitely i mean i i i enjoy you know completely stupid hilarious uh you know humor for no good reason <laughs> yeah uh, right. all, all the time if possible yeah which of course is is probably a big pool for a lot of people who become familiar with your work i think it was for me that it was just like oh my lord these these characters are so goofy and are saying some wild ass shit that i want to <laughs> i want to find out what what more is going on um that's you, great you recently, I have, I, I have some questions from some listeners. Um, I know you, you just did some album cover work for LP, and yeah. uh, I had a, a question about it. Pete Sasquax, he, his last name is spelled S-A-X-Q-W-A-X, Sasquax. Oh, Pete Sasquax, yeah. You know him? No, I don't, okay. but he's got a good name. Sasquax. He wanted to know where the idea came for the LP cover. Was there anything specific that that was uh was a inspiration for that? Um well I, I did a couple of albums for him. I did the Mega Mix 2. Uh we'll it's, it's called We're All Gonna Burn in Hell Mega Mix 2. And I just did the uh Mega Mix 3 album. And for the Mega Mix 2, he, it was the first time that he'd gotten in touch and we worked together. And um he uh <clears throat> I think he really liked um uh, there was a drawing that i did of a couple um a couple there's like a cockfight a couple uh birds like um tearing into each other and uh and it said uh but anyway he said that he there was one that he <laughs> he's what it was something that he really liked about that and uh i think that there was one a, a drawing of a an eagle coughing up a pop tab and um and he really liked that and there he said there's something about the birds that uh, I draw that he, he really liked and wanted to, to do something with that. And, um, but also just kind of giving me free reign and just saying like, I like the birds you do and make it rad. And so I, uh, the first one, it's a, uh, I, I was really stressing out over what I was going to do because I had been a fan of, uh, of his music for a long time. I was into company flow and, you know, and, and all his albums, I, I think he's a, a talented dude and, and so I wanted it to be good and I was kind of drawing around with these different uh these different birds and stuff and I went to bed and I woke up in the middle of the night and just like saw the image of this uh bird like a, a nest uh and a bird kind of feeding her young a band-aid yeah and I just jumped up and and did this really bad 
drawing it really quick because I just I don't know, man. I just woke up and just thought, oh yeah, that's what I'm gonna draw, and I and then just peacefully went back to sleep. And so yeah, I did that drawing, and he 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 dug that, and then and that was the Mega Mix two, and then so for, for the third one, he just said, um, can it be colorful? And so I just thought, oh, okay, you know, I mean that that was pretty much the only direction, and. And as far as the bird theme, I mean, I kind of asked him if that was something that he wanted to, st to stay with. And he's like, you know, yeah, he could take it or leave it. But um, I kind of felt like the like it might give it some sort of continuity as, if it, as it was uh, just maybe another take on that. And so um, and, he, and he gave me the, the album. And so I was listening to that as I was drawing it. And I don't know, I think I was kind of going for... Like I started out by drawing a, a weird bird head with a Band-Aid in its mouth and kind of seeing it be, you know, maybe it was like one of those birds grown up or something and still eating Band-Aids, but <laughs> uh, I don't know. But I thought, but I figured uh, I, and at one point I just kind of let, I, I didn't even realize that I was doing it, but I was just sort of drawing, I was listening to the album and I was drawing um, this sort of repetitive pattern. And eventually it just became this ball, this kind of swirling hell ball or uh you know, kind of feathery looking weird ball. Uh -huh. And, and I, and I had never considered that for anything. I mean, I just, I, I honestly was just drawing and listening and, uh, and not even thinking about what I was doing. And, and then, uh, and at some point I just kind of felt like, Oh, maybe I'll, I, I was doing a lot of drawing for it. And I thought rather than, than feel like I'm sitting down to draw the cover, you know, um, cause that's a lot of pressure to be like, okay, here we go. Awesome yeah. album cover. Go, you know. Yeah. And, and so that doesn't it doesn't work for me all that well. So I feel like uh, a lot of what I do is is just you know drawing for drawing's sake, and then maybe I'll go back to the archives. I've got this messy drawer with tons of drawings, and I'll kind of sift through that or look through um, odd sketchbooks or something. And if there's something in there that maybe pops out, maybe the album cover already exists. You know, it's just like I kind of have to dig it up. But for this one, for LP's third. Megamix, I, I wanted to do something fresh, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I was just putting together a lot of drawings and listening to the album. And at one point, I, I just remembered that big swirling hell ball and I decided to, to scan it and give it a shot. And, um, and he, he liked it. And, and I, 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 uh, I think I'm really happy with it too, because it's just kind of an oddball. It was something that I, didn't set out to create being the cover, but yeah, it, it ended uh, up being kind of the natural thing. So, I wonder if uh, it seems like for a lot of people who are doing figurative works for a long time that it it becomes a natural progression to sort of slip into some abstractions. And I think within your figurative work, there are some things like like the people that have the full faces that are covered in like the weird hair like there are some abstractions to your to your figurative stuff beyond like uh you know just surrealism i think do you find some comfort in doing those things like just uh you know something a little more abstract where it's just repetitive line work or brush work as opposed to um really structured figurative that you're used to drawing all the time yeah i mean i think that i was just uh Dude, can I just take a pee breaker real quick? Yeah, actually, you're, it sounds like the, the thing's starting to break up a little bit, too, so it might be good. Hang on. Let me take a leak. Just a second. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um. All right. Well, so you asked about uh, the Do you remember? kind of... I don't remember. Break. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a kind of... Um, drawing a, a break from kind of structured uh oh, right. more real stuff you know and kind of abstracting stuff yeah it's something that i just kind of do to avoid boredom in some ways you know and i and i like i i just like the uh psychedelic aspect of you know of taking something and distorting it or morphing it and um you know i mean i i think that it's just, I mean, I, I, I don't think I used to be quite as psychedelic, you know, with my drawings, or maybe they were, but they were just maybe a little more, um, you know, passively psychedelic, you know, and I, I think that uh, just getting into, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I think that it's just, I like repetitive, repetitive drawings and, and what you can do with something small and just building it and building it and building it, and then getting it to a point where, uh, you know, so I'm kind of start with a drawing and, and and not really know where I'm going with it and it just becomes some kind of abstract who knows what 
And then I, I, I like kind of going back and adding something maybe sort of recognizable in that. And so it, it pulls it back into reality a bit, you know, it's still free and, uh, you know, kind of allows me room to roam around and not really, uh, focus too much on, on what it's going to be. And, uh, and I think maybe for the viewer, it, you know, could kind of take them out into weird territory too. Hopefully. Yeah, for sure. I want to, uh, Lisa Romero, I typically don't do the shout out thing, but, uh, I, I ask people for questions sometimes. What up? They, but uh, Lisa Romero wanted me to tell you and Mel that she loves you both. Oh, well, shit. Thanks, Lisa. What up? Oh, that, I was supposed to get the last name for this. Okay. Uh, this, my buddy Brian, I don't know how exactly to pronounce his last name. It's spelled like baloney, but I think that's like the American enunciation of the city Bol- Bologna in Italy. I think that's how you pronounce it, Bologna. Oh yeah, he wanted to know how do they get the pudding into the put into the pop, and he wanted to know if you could answer that in Bill Cosby voice. Since you're, for those of you who don't know, uh, your website is called FudgeFactory.com, right? Uh, Fudge Factory Comics, yeah. Fudge Factory, Fudge Factory Comics dot com. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit yeah. my Fudge... me fucking that up. <laughs> Fudge Factory is uh, FudgeFactory.com, I think, is all all butt stuff. Yeah, um, see, I was just trying to trick my angle. listeners. <laughs> I know, I've made them, yeah, it, it's, uh, I've horrified many a family member um, when I first got that site, and they're like, oh, FudgeFactory.com, good God, what is, what is our son getting himself into? Yeah, a little side um, business. Yeah, I'm sorry, what was the question? It was, uh, he wants me to get some pudding in Pops? How do they get the pudding in the pop? And if you could answer that in Bill Cosby voice, that would work the best. Oh, man. Well, it's funny you should ask that because it, it, it is rather difficult to get pudding into into some pops. Some pops are easier to get pudding into than others. But um, if you've ever tried it, you will know that uh, it's not easy. So don't just I mean, a lot of people buy pudding pops and just think that it's no, you know, it's no big deal. But think about it. I think the next time is the is the is really what the what the whole point of this is, is that it's a yeah. lot harder to get pudding into pops than you think so it sounds like a strange sexual innuendo yeah and that is the next brings me to my next point <laughs> no, i don't know man okay brian here's my best bill cosby now you will get ready for the zim zam of the babbity bibbity and you will take off your clothes like zoo and zoo get ready for the most splendiferous pudding pop you have ever seen <laughs> um also dan eels uh wanted me to ask i know you uh you just illustrated a book called how to speak zombie oh yes um he wanted to know if uh you made any of the recorded zombie noises in the book <laughs> uh what's up dan thanks for your question dude um man i did not make the sounds uh, the recorded sounds for the book, but um, I was just too real for them. They needed somebody that was a little more commercial to yeah, make those sounds. You My were sounds too were alive. Too, yeah, they're too horrifying. When I made those sounds, they just <laughs> made the whole editing staff shit their drawers, and they said, "We got to get somebody a little more, a little more palatable to make these these sounds." How was that process for you? Because you, you know, we were talking about the LP album cover, and I know for me, when I do commercial work. There's all of a sudden it turns into this totally different thing where it's like there's these expectations that you put upon yourself because you seemingly perceive other people who are hiring you to have these expectations. Um, Do you go through some of those sort of mind fucks with yourself like, oh, this thing has to be perfect or like all of a sudden, you know, for me, a lot of times it feels like people hire me and then want me to do something totally different than I than I always do. I think. With your yeah. commercial work, there's always a very close um, tie to your personal work. That's awesome. Um, I think it's something that I sort of I strive for because I've kind of I've gotten um, you know I've done a fair amount of commercial work over the years, and I've you know kind of earlier on I was just I would I would take a project on um, just because I really wanted to I like the challenge of of uh, you know finding a solution and you know for a project, but um, I would say yes to things that maybe weren't all that good of a fit, and I found that it was really too too much frustration for um, for what it was worth. I think, and and 
I mean, I wouldn't really be that happy with it, you know, if uh, in the end, if it was something that I, I felt like I was kind of twisting myself too too much, you know, to try to do pull something off that, you know, maybe I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't set out to do normally. And um, yeah, and, Which, and with commercial work, I mean, I th- that's something that you you have to expect when you get into it. You know, you're not going to just they're not just good. I mean, it's I mean, LP gives me a lot of freedom, but um but for the most part, like clients are coming to you maybe with a specific thing that they've seen and they say, Oh, we really like this part of your work or they'll supply me with a bunch of JPEGs from my site. And it'll just be the smattering of like all kinds of drawings from different years. And, um, and I guess, I, I just see that as like, you know, you just want me to kind of have fun and, and do what I do, but it, it, you know, oftentimes, I mean, it has to fit for the project uh, or it has, to, you know, or you're dealing with editors or you're dealing with, you know, art directors and stuff. And so there's just input that you have to field. And I've been lucky, I think, to, to work with a lot of, uh, a lot of clients that, that really give me a lot of freedom and sort of respect where I'm coming from. And, and yeah. And, and so there, there really hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, too many difficulties with that kind of stuff, but, but it is tough, man. I mean, like, you know, like that zombie book, uh, it was a, it was a follow-up to a, a book that I did called farts, uh, a spotter's guide. And it was like a, another, uh, sound book and uh again my my farts were just too real uh, they uh they had to get somebody a little more palatable because they horrified the uh the editors but anyway uh i didn't do those sounds but but that was like man that was when they asked me to do that i think they just you know it's kind of a weird feeling when somebody gets in touch and they're like you were the perfect guy for this fart book mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the this is the project that you were meant to do. This is just for you. You're like, amazing. God, really? Wow, it's come to this. And uh, <laughs> and then and also like you know I took it on just thinking, oh shit, it's gonna be this is gonna be fun, you know? And uh, and yeah, I mean, just there were I you know had like a 45 minute conference call, you know, with uh, some editors and you know mediators about how to make this fart book, essentially just making sure that I had enough elbow room to be able to make a fart joke on my own, you know? What a strange and, uh, conversation that had to be. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, I shouldn't be stressing out about this stuff, but... Yeah, but you do, right? Or, I mean, I I do, like, it turns into... It's strange how it can turn into something so different, even if you're doing the yeah. same words. Always, always. It's, you know, it, it definitely, you're, you know, you take it on and it sounds fun and it feels like almost with every project I've ever done, I've had you know, moments of having a really good time with it and then moments of just wanting it over. Yeah, because, I mean, that might be something good for people who, uh, youngsters that are looking to get into this type of industry, like some of those things where you get presented with this opportunity to do this work and get paid a a nice paycheck and and it it sounds like this really great thing going into it, then halfway in you're like, God damn it, I just shot myself in the foot. Why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) Like it's totally not worth it. Always, always, and yeah, um, you know. But uh, it's I always I also just you know try to tell myself that this is supposed to be fun. You know, I mean, this totally. is this is good. It is, man. It's it's like it is sort of living out a a dream that I had in mind. You know, a long time ago is to be able to sit down and do drawings and have people you know like want me to do drawings for them or some find find a way to make a paycheck off of uh, you know just doing drawings and having fun and that and that and that and I feel really fortunate to be able to do that but um there's also a ton of other shit that goes along with that that I never anticipated and never would have thought had would have anything to do with uh just sitting down and making some jokes on paper or something you know it's yeah. just like just I don't know there's a there's a lot more that goes into it and even when you're working on a project that seems like a dream project um in some ways you know it is but there's always like there's always things that, to look out for and there's always just, you know, stuff that you're going to be getting into that does make it a bit of a job, you know? Um, and that's life, right? Like life presents that's life, us man. with those I mean, challenges. You gotta, shit, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I, th- I find that stuff fun too, though. I mean, I really like, I mean, I kind of enjoy the business aspect of uh, keeping up different sides of it, you know? Um, it kind of keeps my brain like operating on, uh, you know, in, in different in different ways. Yeah, it's you know, like but, exercising a different brain muscle. Yeah, for sure. What is been more interesting to you, the Charlie Sheen U streams or the Eagle hatching the eggs? Fully the Eagle. I've actually been watching that uh I've actually been watching it a lot. I had it on all day yesterday 
I've been working at a studio with my friend Kyle Johnson, uh, an excellent artist uh, that I grew up with in Olathe. And he has a big warehouse space in, um, in El Sereno. And I went over to, his, to, to work there uh, like a few days ago. And he had it, you know, he's got a big computer monitor and he had this, um, this thing fired up and was just like so engrossed in it. And, uh, and, I, and I was laughing at him, you know, just like, what, dude, you're just watching an eagle hatch some eggs out there? Like, what are you doing, man? And he's like, no, oh my God, you got up. Look, look, check her out. And I, and I, I got into it. And before I knew it, I was fully engaged. And uh, I hear Char Charlie Sheen might actually drop in. So that's a reason to tune in too. Yeah, yeah. I th he might start poking at the eggs. With the yeah, nose. he might make an appearance and squat for a little bit. And, His appearance yeah. is becoming more and more bird-like, actually. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's all a bunch of shit, man. I can't, I can't it's, it's amazing how this... I don't know, some Charlie Sheen shit gets everybody these little weird news stories that come in and they're like, just totally capture the, the nation, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and it's the perfect time for, for wicked governments and people who are talking about Libya to just yeah, stop talking. Yeah, man. It's a, it's an easy distraction and, uh, I'm confused by it all really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I was kind of hoping with the whole thing that there would be, a. a a public discussion about mental health really because a lot yeah. of people are just blaming uh just like assuming that he's a drug addict <clears throat> but the reality is that there's a lot more going on behind the uh the drug addiction than is what is what's presented in the media and what people are interested in like talking about yeah i i mean i i think that it's just um i think people just are interested in you know in a circus, whatever it is, and uh, yeah. especially if the circus is on fire, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. it's way more interesting. And uh, I don't think people really give a shit that much. They just want to comment and Twitter around about it and like, you know, just talk shit about it. You know, and I don't, I think that, man, I don't, I think as a celebrity and especially as a, like a, a really famous celebrity, you are some degree of insane when you get to that point. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I mean, and I, and I think that, you know, when you go through personal problems and it's like just, I don't know, it's like a, a news feed, then I think it just makes you more insane. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of over it already, you know, yeah, I, mean, well, I, just, a lot of I was kind of over it the next day, but, yeah. uh, but it's, it is kind of, yeah. I mean, that's, I, that's something that I was thinking about was just like, I think this guy's got some problems outside of, um, you know, I mean, just interviews and stuff like that. It is interesting, but it's like, dude, I, I think that, maybe some of the media networks should dial back, you know, the, the minute to minute updates and interviews and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah. Maybe the dude should get some, some help. Well, I think of, it's going to, I think it's going to, I think it's about done now. Cause I think he just did his last Ustream video, whether he, maybe he'll get a reality tel television show or something, but you know, I, th <laughs> I think the, the, for the most part, the public mass hysteria is over but it it should be interesting to go back and look through the news reports and see what kind of stuff happened overseas and things like what sort yeah. of little undercover things happened that we weren't paying attention to well the eagle's still on and uh that is pretty interesting so you know there's more time to tune into that too your video just fast forwarded that was, that was fucking rad you were like max you're like matt you've been like max headroom this whole this whole episode is it working right well, it works. It's just you're you're like five minutes behind. Weird. Yeah. Um. Cool. Well, let's uh let's plug some of your stuff so that people could find your work and and see what uh what the fuck we've been talking about. Yes. Yes. Um. Well, FudgeFactoryComics.com is the uh the internet home that you can see some shit. Mel and I have been working on a show coming up. Uh, at Fecal Face Gallery in uh, San Francisco coming up in June. At the new space, and, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it and um, and nervous because, you know, I, I guess I'd been planning on uh, the little the little gallery space just filling the little box. I'm like, man, I can definitely handle that. Yeah. And then uh, I saw a flick online of them and it looks like it's a lot, a lot longer. I'm happy for them to, you know, that they got a little more space in there, but I thought, God damn, I got to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> It's in that um, that old upper playground gallery. Oh yeah, it's it's man. It looks like it's in a great a great spot and, and good place for foot traffic. And yeah, that neighborhood is rad. There's so many rad little restaurants and things going on over there. Little shops. And I'm excited about it. I've I've been uh, 
I haven't really had a whole lot of shows um, over the last year and have um, just wanted to kind of come with something new for, for the show. And um, so I've been giving you the, I'm going to have some sculptural and uh, just making a lot of new drawings. And um, I've been getting into some animation stuff with a couple dudes that uh, moved down here from San Francisco recently. And that's been kind of interesting. And yeah, I guess just trying new things and trying to like, push uh, my drawings a little further than just uh, the paper and um you know and seeing where it goes but and, are you um, doing any painting on wood oh uh, well i'm sorry what's that are you doing any painting on wood or canvas or anything i have been well i i still like to um i still like to kind of keep it on the paper i think but i have been i've been doing some collage stuff on panel and um and sort of doing some you know, doing drawings and uh, chopping them up and and pasting them and and, um, and that comes. I mean, that influence. I, I mean, I, it's something I think I used to do a long time ago and fell out of. And um, and I used to paint a lot more and just it's something I just I don't know. I mean, I I kind of got wrapped up in in drawing with with uh, pens and ink and brushes and ink and it's something I just I don't know. I just found focus on for a few years and um, working with Mel. She does, uh, it's something that she, that she's been exploring a lot more and just is cut and paste collage things. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, sometimes I see what she's working on and I just want to rip it off like fully, but, um, it does, uh, it does, it is really inspiring, you know, to see what she does and, and, uh, gives me some light bulbs. And so that's something that I've been sort of taking notes on and plotting to, uh, to heist from her. I'll tell you what, I'll, um. When I have a little extra time, I'll make one of my wood panels for you that are so, they're like baby butt smooth that you could take a pen to them and you could draw on them. But, oh know, man, I'd ink, love that. Ink Actually, and wash I I works great. Online. Say that again? Ink and wash work with a brush works great on them. Oh, that's awesome, dude. I'd love to try that. What do you, uh, do you have like a Luan? uh panel like what kind of panel do you use yeah i actually um well i've been using pine this like pine ply that's really smooth lately at home depot that it's just because it's cheap and Mm -hmm. they used to have the smaller sheets i i used to use birch and Uh they used to make the smaller sheets of birch but now you can only buy like the full four by eight and i have such a small studio that it's just too much wood to to have all at once so mm-hmm. i switched this pine and i also like that the pine is a little softer which makes the sanding a lot easier because i like to make it look like it's a solid object there's mm-hmm. no edges really there's no sharp edges and no like seams or anything yeah yeah i'll make you one of those and, and send oh, it i'd love for it you. You can try i'd it love out, it maybe. i'll find something good to swap you nice sounds good all right Great. cool well um thank you very much for doing the show taking the time i i uh i appreciate it Thanks, man. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You're uh, you're a handsome man. Oh, thank you. You too. With, with all that facial hair, I don't know what you look like without the beard, but the, the beard <laughs> really makes it work for you. It's rugged. Um, cool. Well, let's um. Do you want? Maybe we could take like an hour break to have some lunch, and okay. then come back on, and I could talk to Mel. Yeah, she just got to go take down some stuff from the gallery, and then we'll be back here, and you know, for the rest of the day. So. Okay. Um, well, why don't you just um just send me a. Uh, Send me a message when you guys are back, and then I'll try to find you on uh, on the Skypes. Awesome. Because, yeah, I, I really want to talk to her, and if we uh, we blabbed for too long to keep going right now, and i got to eat some oh. food. Oh, I hear you, man. Uh, well, good talking to you, and Mel will uh, – Mel will, she'll, she'll drop you a line later today, and, and uh, we'll link it up. Sounds good. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right, brother. Have a good day. Okay, you too. Later. All right. See you. Wind picked up. The fire spread. The grapevine seemed left for dead and The northern sky looked like the end of days The end of days The wake-up call to a rancid room Sounded like an alarm of impending doom To warn us it's only a matter of time
was getting worse As the ocean air fanned the flames But I couldn't think of anywhere I would have rather been To watch it all 